by the end of this incredible story, Cornelius and his whole household are baptized, and the rules about who could be one of the followers of Jesus, known as the people of the way, those rules have been put through the shredder, and they are being rewritten. I have a, uh, a friend who passed away this week. His name was Drew, and uh, just 48 years old. Uh, Brooke and their three uh, sons grieve his loss, and I will uh, fly out uh, as soon as I'm done preaching right here to preach a version of the gospel we will now share together uh, at his funeral service tomorrow morning. So I'll ask you to keep Drew and... Uh, the, his entire family, Brooke and the boys, uh, in your prayers uh, as they grieve Drew's loss. Drew had a tattoo on his arm that as he struggled through uh, years with, uh, with cancer and the treatments and so forth, that says, uh, be here now, uh, so that he was reminded uh, not to be uh, always focused on the challenges ahead of him, uh, and his fears, but to be where he was, when he was. And so, uh, do, do we take that advice here as we gather around, uh, this table and this gospel? I give you a new commandment, Jesus said, that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, it was on the night in which he was betrayed that Jesus gave this commandment, and when it looked like violence, and fear of the other would define the world and establish the order of things once and for all, Jesus gave himself. It was only a month ago yesterday, on Maundy Thursday, that we gathered here at Prince of Peace uh, to remember that night. A group of our young people began their lifelong journey of receiving this sacrament of Holy Communion on that evening. And it is confounding uh, and a, a bit troubling that with all the ecumenical progress made in recent decades between Lutherans and Roman Catholics, that we continue to be separated by this Eucharistic meal, by the sacrament of Holy Communion. Uh, as a Lutheran pastor years ago, I was given the privilege of preaching at the funeral service for uh, my wife Lori's grandpa, and it was at St. Wenceslas Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church in New Prague, and uh, it was a, a beautiful and moving service for all the family there. But if the priests, the local priest there serving St. Wentz, had been following the rules of his faith tradition, uh, while I was allowed to go ahead and preach the gospel in the midst of that worship service, I should not have been allowed to also receive the sacrament on that morning, which just doesn't feel right. Uh, but after all... Uh, if the church gives up control of the guest list, the worry is, then there's a concern that the wrong kind of person might be served. Pastor Natalia was highlighting uh, the verse in the beloved 23rd Psalm last week uh, that says that God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. When others say or just imply that I am somehow unworthy, God says, I have prepared a place for you. You are welcome at my table. The reading that Aiden just read 
for us from the book of Acts reminds us that people have long struggled with who's in and who's out and, and why. Uh, as we've been following the growth of the first century church throughout the book of Acts, uh, this uh, 10th and 11th chapter can be a little confusing, so we'll kind of unpack it a bit this morning. Peter had become the leader of this new Jewish sect that was following this crucified and risen Jesus, but he, Peter, is still convinced that the mission of the community of faith following Jesus is for his own people and his own nation, for the, for the Israelites, for the Jewish folks. And it's understandable Peter's Jewish nation was a nation formed by God, chosen by God to be a blessing to the nations. They were also much persecuted and oppressed. And insiders then were necessarily those whom you, you could trust. Outsiders, on the other hand, were often the oppressors, the invaders, the occupiers. Those people, even some of them who were Though they were Jewish by birth, they cooperated with the Roman occupying forces by serving as tax collectors, for instance. And we get some of the derision toward those folks as we read through the Gospels. So in such a volatile and dangerous religious and political cauldron, it's not hard to understand why you would want to divide people into these categories. You had to know who was in the community just in order to stay safe. Uh, some of you might have seen cars with that symbol, the fish symbol on the back. Maybe a couple of you have them on the back of your car, indicating uh, that I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm, I'm a Christian. That's, that symbol has other uh, symbols in our Christian faith that we have kind of co-opted and assimilated into our tradition. It has its or- origins in a kind of ancient paganism. But there's one telling of the history of this symbol that after being adopted into the community as followers of Jesus, when a Christian met another stranger on the road somewhere and they weren't sure or whether or not they were part of the community, the first person would just make the 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 arc of the fish, the you know the upper arc of that fish symbol, and then if the other person completed that by making the other arc in the dirt, they knew that they were in good company. They were with an insider. They were safe. Now, with all that in mind, Peter has this kind of weird dream involving a large sheet dropping out of the sky like, you know, movie night at the park or something. And and God gave Peter a vision that ended up bringing him together with a man named Cornelius. Now, Cornelius is not an insider, all right? When you make the first arc of the fish in the dirt, Cornelius just shrugs his shoulders. He is, of all things, a centurion, a Roman military officer in charge of a hundred soldiers. For the Jewish people, then, uh, he is not an insider. He's not part of the community. He is not safe. Now, in the same way that Peter would never eat unclean animals as prescribed by the traditions of his faith, Peter would also not have gone into the home of a Gentile and certainly not sat at the table with a Gentile, especially not a Roman military officer. He knew better than all of that, but Peter follows this vision and he goes and finds this Cornelius. And to his credit, along the way, Peter figures out what this un 
tamed vision is all about. It's not just about what animals we are allowed to eat and which ones are forbidden. It's about the company we keep. It's about the community and where the lines are drawn. And Peter says, now I understand. God truly shows no partiality between nations that are seeking to follow God. And there's no way for me to help you feel the impact of that verse, the way it had to sound to Peter's uh, fellow members of the community, the people called uh, people of the way. God shows no partiality? That's that's how we know who we are. We are God's chosen people to be a blessing unto the nations. But Peter says, now I get it. Now I understand. God truly shows no partiality between nations that are seeking to follow God. What is he talking about? No difference between an Israelite and a Roman? Is Peter willing to take it that far? Well, Peter breaks with precedent and his faith tradition and he shares the good news about Jesus, the gospel of the death and resurrection of Christ and the hope that sustained the followers of Jesus during the threat of Roman occupation and persecution. The good news that raised Peter himself up out of his own shame for denying Jesus three times. Peter shared that precious treasure with the Roman soldier Cornelius and the whole crowd of people at his house on that day. This is not knocking on someone's door to politely invite them to go to your church on Christmas Eve. This is showing up at the home of an enemy who can kill you with no repercussions. Oh, you killed another one of those followers of that crucified rabbi? Great. Let's get lunch. It was a Roman soldier who shoved the spear into the side of Jesus as he hung suffering, dying on the cross. Cornelius has a closet full of those spears. But by the end of this incredible story, Cornelius and his whole family Household are baptized, and the rules about who could be one of the followers of Jesus, known as the people of the way, those rules have been put through the shredder, and they are being rewritten. And this is one of those rare, pivotal moments in the Gospels, in the Scriptures, where it becomes possible for you and I to find ourselves in the community. The line was here. We weren't born into the family of the Jews, all of a sudden we were drawn in. The rumors of what Peter had done reached Jerusalem. His friends are baffled by his behavior. What is Peter thinking? He knows only certain people are allowed at the table. What he's doing isn't even safe. So when Peter returns to Jerusalem, he has to explain himself. And he says, if God gave them the same gifts that God gave us when we believe in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could prevent God from from working? Who am I to stop God's gracious invitation? This bursting forth of God's grace, this spilling over outside of all previous boundaries is always a challenge for the community of faith in Christ, for the Lutherans and the Catholics and the Methodists and the Presbyterians, just 
always a struggle for us. We're always being called to redraw the lines or erase them all together. Who among us sitting here this morning feels worthy or ready somehow to come to this table? I mean, are you sure your faith is strong enough? Your confession earlier was comprehensive enough. You didn't leave anything out. Your repentance, sincere enough. Your, 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 your giving, generous enough. Your worship, faithful enough. Your knowledge of God's holy words, you've studied it enough. Sure about that? If any part of this list has caused you to pause a moment, that is a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that means you. That includes you. This dream is given by God. This vision has already begun. It's why we call it gospel, good news, because the lines have been drawn well around each of us. And we find ourselves on the inside, called not to measure up, not to be worthy, but called to see who we might invite in as we work alongside those in the community erasing the barriers. For us, and who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then we'll stand against. And if our God.